Welcome back to another week of the Rev MD podcast. You know, Mike Tyson says everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And so this week on the Rev MD podcast, we're going to talk about things that can go wrong, things that we've seen personally go wrong with some of the practices that we oversee and how to help improve processes, especially with your software to get you guys the success and the efficiency that you need to grow your revenue. So I'm naming this podcast, It Really Shouldn't Be This Hard. And I have to say, you know, as we've taken over some practices over the last, you know, several months, uh, two years now, we've seen where there are processes that, gosh, just make it so much harder, harder for the billers, harder for the staff in the office, harder for the office manager. And so it really makes me think, how can we improve processes, which you guys know is our niche, you know, that's what we love to do, so that at the end of the day, it's easier for everyone. Because in all honesty, if we can make it easier for everyone, people are going to want to stay, right? And that's not just people on my team, that's people in the office, that's the office manager. And so we're going to talk today about the things in your billing setup with your software that will make or break a practice as long as you know you've got a handle on the start to finish how your software integrates with your process with your billing and coding team with your front office that's all going to allow you to be more successful and capture more revenue so let's go over some of the common things that can happen in a practice when things aren't working optimally with your software. And then we'll talk a little bit about how to fix it and then some common problems we see with EMRs and PM softwares in general. So the first thing we have seen is when codes do not cross correctly from your EMR to your PM software. Now, if you have two different vendors, so you have your EMR vendor and then you have your PM software vendor, Obviously, you're going to want those two to talk to one another. That's called an interface. And interfaces can be built by a third party, or there can be a direct connection between the two pieces of software, or in an even better world, right, you have just one software vendor for both the EMR and the PM software, especially if you have issues with interfacing or connections uh, between them. So if you're in your EMR software, that's where you're seeing patients, you're documenting things, you're hopefully dropping... CPT codes with the ICD-10 codes, and then those are being pushed into your PM software. If that push isn't happening, so say there's an interface, but it's not working great, or there's missing CPT codes in your EMR software, basically what happens on the other end is you have a manual process to build claims within your PM software. And I'm going to tell you right now, nobody wants a manual process in 2023. It's just got to end. So if you're sitting there listening to this and you go, oh, shoot, I know we have a lot of manual processes. It's just time to stop. It's just not worth it. It is worth your pain to get this process right so that you have a good, efficient process for everyone's sake. Because I'm going to tell you, nobody's going to want to continue to try and do manual processes this day and age. And we've got to, to just make an end to it. And so, and I know it can be sometimes uncomfortable to go back to the EMR software and say, hey, you know, this just isn't working, but I'm going to tell you it's worthwhile in the end. So if you have CPT codes or ICD-10 codes that you're putting into an EMR software and those are not crossing directly into your PM software, 
it's probably time for a change. Now, I always say don't change too many things at once. So if you're changing some other things, hold and change those first and then circle back to this. But don't forget that this needs to be taken care of. Now, another thing we've seen is incorrect codes cross over from into the PM software. So you drop one code in the in the EMR and another code pops up into the PM software. So then it makes it hard to know on the PM side what codes you can trust and not depending on the trend. And so then you're constantly going back into the EMR, ch- double checking the codes and then correcting things, which is just room for errors. And anything, anytime you get a manual process, there will be errors. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when and how often. Because at the end of the day, everybody is human. And I'm a full believer that it's not a person who makes mistakes most of the time, right? It is a process that makes mistakes. So anything to do with ICD-10 codes or CPT codes that are not enabling you to be most successful in your EMR system aren't crossing over into your PM software, it just, it's time to go. I mean, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. It's time to make a change. If you guys need some recommendations, happy to chat with you. You can shoot me an email at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com, and we're happy to make some suggestions for you. We work with several great softwares. We work with several several softwares I can't stand, and we've even decided as a business to have some softwares we just won't bill in because it's so manual that it's just not worth it from our end to have processes that can't be efficient. Um, another issue that we see with software and process is when payments, and I'm and I'm talking either insurance or patient payments, are not connected or updated automatically. And so on the insurance side, this is when you have paper EOBs being faxed, mailed, I don't know, pigeon carriered over to your office, and then you're manually uploading those for your billers to post. Awful, awful, awful. It's, it's, now I understand there's some small payers that that's the only way you'll get paid. Uh, that's, I'm excluding those from this conversation. I'm talking about your top 10 payers. There is a way to connect those ERAs, right? That's when they're electronic so that you get rid of the paper EOBs. A way to connect those automatically into your PM software. That way there's no manual posting. There's none of this scanning stuff. So it saves time for your bills. It saves time for your office. And again, no errors, right? Less we rely on humans, the better it is. Now, there can be issues with connections. So you got to have a PM software you can trust. I will tell you, we use certain PM softwares that connect beautifully to the clearinghouse. The ERAs come over. They're either automatically matched or if they're not automatically matched, then one of the builders can kind of compare the files, but it's all happening on a computer. Ideally, two screens, you are checking them, posting the payment and moving on with your life. In the other type of payment is patient payments, right? So patient payments are having to be manually uploaded because the terminal isn't connected to your PM software. That's another manual process where you've got people having to scan sheets of, you know, patient receipts into a PM software. Mistakes are going to happen. That's just what happens when you have humans solely taking care of a process. So in an ideal world, your EMR, your PM software are not only talking to one another, hopefully they're the same vendor. If not, and there's a good connection and a good API that you trust, great. We have some of those that we that do wonderful. They're a little you know bumpy in the beginning, but then once you kind of get through that, you get in a great process. So then ideally then you have a terminal that's sitting in the office or you know that you're you know taking 
um, you know, manually, hopefully not manually, but you're taking somewhere in the office, then those payments are being automatically matched up to the patient. Um, hopefully the front office is kind of selecting which patient the payment's going into, and those are automatically posted. Got to get away from paper EOBs, manual patient pay- payment posting, all of that. Now, the last thing I want to talk about in terms of process isn't necessarily with your software, but it's a process thing. And it's the clarity around who is doing your coding. And most practices we take over, the physician or the you know provider is doing the coding. But in some cases, if there is an external source doing the coding, then how long is that taking? When does that happen? Who is actually dropping the claims, right? Because it's a different process to code a chart, to code a claim, than it is to um, bill it, right? So you code it, and then you scrub it, right? Looking for modifiers, and then you send it to the clearinghouse. And the clearinghouse is kind of where it gets shuttled off to the insurance company and will get adjudicated. So if you have a lack of clarity in that process in terms of who is doing what and when, then claims could be submitted without having all of the necessary codes dropped and could impact your revenue. So those are the few things that it just really should not be this hard. It just shouldn't be. And so this is where it comes down, having those team meetings going from start to finish, every step of the process and understanding, okay, who is in charge of what? When does this happen? How does it happen? And can we automate it? And that has to be an exercise you do with your team. It is an exercise we do when we take on new practices. It is not a quick exercise. I tell you, it's when sometimes we're taking on a new practice, I feel like it's like a surprise behind, you know, every turn we take with a new practice at times. But that's okay, because then we're figuring out the processes together, we're writing the policy and procedure, and we're creating the plans to get it done correctly. So theme of today is, it does not have to be this hard. So I'm going to go over what it should look like. We'll talk a little bit about some keys to fix some of the things I just mentioned, and just some general themes about EMR and PM softwares that we've been noticing. So right, ideal world, doctor sees the patient, doctor you know, codes, uh, the chart finishes their notes. Oftentimes we really hope that that's done same day or at max 24 hours codes then are scrubbed by the medical billing team. They are submitting claims within, you know, two to three business days at max. And then those are submitted to the, uh, insurance company. The codes, the doctor's creating are, pushed automatically into the PM software. So when the biller shows up, they just have all their claims in their in their list and they just start going through each of the claims one by one by one, they submit them. They're not having to track down, you know, missing things. Now we've certainly recognized that there's times where charts don't get filled out and there's got to be a process for the builder to say, hey, you have five charts that weren't filled out or completed today. You know, friendly reminder to get those done, right? There's got to be that good process. And when you have major issues with the software where I, where I mentioned where things aren't cro- crossing correctly or you don't have the codes you need in your EMR software, then it's really time to take a step back and go, okay, now how do I fix this? 
Number one is you've got to have a good relationship with the support team and you got to get on the phone with them. Make sure they really understand the problem and make sure that they understand the software. Um, we've had a recent experience with an EMR software that they didn't even know what a CPT was. And I, I, I truly can't even make this up. And I don't blame the person in the end because it's not his or her fault. It really, it's the company for not training the people, identifying the right people to be put into certain support roles. Maybe they're great on the EMR clinical side. Great, keep them over there. But if they're not good on the PM or the billing side, then you need to identify another resource. And that company is in charge of doing that. And if they don't have the support they need, it makes you start to wonder, is the software viable long-term or do you need to make a change? And of course, when I talk about manual EOBs and getting those connected, what I mean is setting up what's called EDI en enrollments. These are basically the connection between the insurance company and the clearinghouse and the PM software. So if you can get the clearinghouse and the PM software to talk to one another through an EDI enrollment, that allows you to do things like check eligibility through your PM software, get those EOBs, which are you know pushed as ERAs, the electronic remittance advice into the PM software so you can post payments quicker. And it also allows you to manage your AR so much more efficiently. And last is really just understanding this entire process that I'm kind of outlining today so that you can say, okay, step one, step two, step three, step four. And again, this is that process that when you are changing billing teams, you have to sit down and go over this one at a time and really make sure you know who's doing what. And this can be a little bumpy, especially if you've had a billing change and that person maybe had limited training with you, or maybe you had no training, maybe you're taking it as you figure it out. Um, the good news is, is in general, the claims process is stable. So you you know that you know we've got claims that need to be sent out and money that needs to come in. And it's just a matter of how to piece those parts together that can sometimes take a couple of weeks, depending on um, what, what, what you find in the practice. So I want to talk a little bit about EMRs in general. You know, EMRs, I think, and PM softwares have come a long way. They're not perfect by any means, but when you're thinking about, you know, making a change, what are some of the things you need to think about? You know, the first is really just the complexity or learning curve of the software in general. Is it simple to use? Is it easy to use? The next is really training, right? Are they going to come in and train you? Is it all virtual? Will they send people in, it, you know, to do it live? How big is your group? If you've got a small group, virtual may be fine. If you've got a larger group, you may need somebody to be hands-on in the office those first few weeks. Obviously, integration and compatibility with other types of software vendors, whether that's your PM software or that's other types of laboratories or radiology or ultrasound software, all of that's going to come into play. The other thing I like to think about is customization. How much can you customize within an EMR or a PM software that allows your process to be, you know, set up to fit your needs? And you know, some cost customization is good. Too much customization sometimes makes EMRs overly complex. And so then you have to be really good at customization in order to take advantage of the, the process within the software. So you have to think about that. Um, you really want to know about the ability for your PM side. So that's the billing side 
to be compliant, to recognize errors, to understand, um, you know, the integration from the EMR system, how much of that stuff is pushed over, making, you know, an ideal world, it's all pushed over from the EMR, there's a direct connection, it's accurate, it's never wrong, all critical. Obviously, you know, usability, you know, look and feel of the EMR is going to be really important for the clinical team. And then cost, affordability. What are, what are we paying for? Now, I will say, you pay for what you get. There are some freebie um, PM softwares that are out there, and they're terrible, in my opinion, at least the ones I've tried. So, you know, I've not had a really good experience. And again, my mom always says, you pay for what you get. Again, I tend to not want to pick the most expensive thing, but not the cheapest thing. Somewhere in the middle usually does it right. And then last is just uh, support and customer service. Insufficient customer support and service is going to be a major concern for your team. Similar to the issue that we're facing in one of these practices where, you know, the support team is bare bones and not knowledgeable for the type of software that they're having to support. And then that just makes you worried and concerned about the company in general. So again, all of these things, when you're thinking about an EMR PM software and you're thinking about your process are going to be super important for you to get a hand on and figure out how you're going to um, coordinate this. So hopefully these give you some ideas. Uh, Hopefully none of you guys are experiencing these issues, but if you are, please, you know, take them on head on. And, um, you know, partner with your billing team so that you guys can come up with an efficient process long time. Again, these are not overnight solutions, overnight changes, but they are going to help you be successful. And with that, as always, I hope you are enjoying the podcast. If you are, I would greatly, greatly appreciate heading over to Apple Podcast and leaving me a review. It takes, you know, 15 seconds and it means a lot for our company, helps us reach new physicians. As always, please share us with any friends in your life that may be billing to medical insurance. And if anybody's looking for a new medical billing team, we work with a limited number of software vendors based on what we just talked about today. Really depends on that connection and software. Um, But if you have a good system, or even if you don't have a good system, but you're open to um, solving that and helping together you know, get there, we are here to help you. So reach out, nationalrevenueconsulting.com is our website. And if you heard last week's podcast, we do have a modifier 25 uh, educational content up on our website. If you go to the education tab, it's there. All right, have a great rest of the week and we'll talk to you soon.